This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, it's a life lessons episode and this one's going to be rather flamboyant and absolutely fascinating. My guest is one of three Dancing with the Stars judges. He's a new dad and has a career that has seen him performing with some of the best in the business, from Beyonce to the Pussycat Dolls to Kylie Minogue to One Direction 2. I'm delighted to welcome Arthur Gurley and to studio to chat all things career, health and family. Arthur, welcome to studio. How are you? Thank you so much. Very good. Oh my God, what an introduction. I love this. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure, yeah. No, thanks so for having me. These, le- these episodes are fascinating. We get to chat to interesting people. We ask them about their lives, what they do, how they ended up on our television screens and in their careers and what they've kind of learned from it. So tell us, how did you end up on Dancing with the Stars? Let's begin there because people will have watched you for the last uh, the last couple of weeks. How yeah. did you end up on, da- on the show? Actually, that's actually the biggest dream ever to me. If you told me like three years ago that I would be doing Dancing with the Stars, one of the biggest show in the world, I would have laughed because you know what? You have dreams. As a dancer, I had dreams to dance for Colin you know, to dance for Beyonce, you try to work towards it. But being a foreigner who can't speak English, thinking to be on national TV where the first language is English, what are the chances? You know what I mean? It's a dream, but it's not really reachable. I remember, I will never forget, I was dancing on the first ever circuit come dancing for Emma Bunton back in 2004, May. That's when its first season appeared. And I was uh, two years uh, later, 2006, I was talking to Bruno Tornioli. And I said, my God, as a dancer, imagine what a career, finish your career and then just be a judge. Just on, you know, he was doing surgery. But that's at the time. He's like, darling, anything is possible. I'm doing in America. I'm doing here, darling. Darling, you just work hard. I was like, yeah, I can work hard, but come on. It's, it's never going to happen. Long story short, back in 2021, I got, uh, you know what? We were living in LA and we moved back to Ireland, you know, temporary to see what will happen with our lives as, as everybody else, you know. Uh, I lost so many jobs in between. So, you know, all my friends, like everybody, not, not only me. So I was here, I think I, we were in Kerry. We were with some friends, we were in Kerry. And then I got a phone call. And the phone call was from Eugenia, who is the producer from Dancing with the Stars. And I remember she called me, hi, Arthur, it's Eugenia, you know, from Dancing with the Stars, the producer. I was like, oh, I, of course, do you want to speak to Brian? Because my husband did it back in 2020, Dancing with the Stars. She's like, no, no, I'm calling to talk to you. And I went, oh, okay, all right. She said, listen, we might have Dancing with the Stars coming back and we are looking to maybe, you know, have uh, new judges or we don't know what's happening yet. And if you called me, if that phone call happened two years prior to that, I would have probably be hesitating what to do because I was in America, I was doing great, everything was going well. You know, you don't want to jeopardize and then jinx it and then leave it because it's three months work, you have to commit to it. And then she said, we we'll love you to audition. And I literally nearly dropped my phone. And I remember we were having a takeaway in Kerry, we were waiting for a cheaper. And then and I went, what, me? I was like, you're joking. She's like, no, no, we we'll love you to audition. Would you consider? And I went, listen, with everything happened, I will say yes to everything. 
Yes, why not? But while I'm saying this, I'm just actually laughing in my head that I will never get it. That's just this experience. As a dancer, every audition I did, I was treating as a free dance class. So that's what my brain going to. And I love TV. I want to do TV. Prior to that in LA, I was doing, I was a judge for Armenia as the creative director choreographer on James Corden's job. So I was like, you know, judge, I could do it. I love it. Why not? I have the experience. So long story short, she said, can you send me some tapes and then we'll get back to you. So I sent some tapes in. It was June 2021. I didn't hear anything. And you know what? It's showbiz. Things can come and go. So I didn't hear anything. And then I remember back in August, I got a phone call again. Hi, darling. Hi, it's, uh, it's um, Eugenia. So I was like, oh, I didn't get it. It's like, could you pop in for a screen test again? I'm like, you're, you're actually taking a piss. Like, this is not real. Is there like a hidden camera? Am I doing a TV show that I don't know about it? I was like, oh, yeah, of course. When? And it was early September. I remember so well. It was in the, in the hotel here in Ballsbridge. So I came and obviously I met some of my friends who were auditioning at the same time. I walked in and I said, you know what? What was going to happen? Let's just enjoy Let's just go for it. Let's just have fun. There's nothing wrong with it. I remember Loren was in the middle and then they keep having lots of different dancers coming in and out, you know, sitting on brines and the other chair. So I just went and I remember I sat in the chair and I said, either I'm just going to, sorry for language, or I'm just going to enjoy myself. And that's exactly what I did. I did. I was having fun. Obviously, they tell you what to do. You have to, you know, criticize. And the funny thing is they show me a video, which is my friend Kimberly Walsh was dancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Kimberly, I think she was the tank. I was like, oh, my God, Kimberly. So it was great for me also to have fun, you know, because I work with girls aloud. So I had fun. I said, thank you so much. You know, I said goodbye. And they laughed. I didn't hear anything back. And then didn't hear anything back. And then in November, there was a massive story that they are... Um, gonna go in the, initially they told us they're gonna have two extra new sorry judges but but then they called me and i remember when i got that phone call i saw the number i said that's it i don't get it yep. and you know how dramatic they can be hi yeah listen we we're gonna go with two people but we're gonna stick with one of our oh I didn't get it. it's okay you know it's like and that one person it's you <laughs> i remember at the time I was in the kitchen. I I was in the kitchen on the phone. Brian was upstairs. And I literally went, yeah. Yeah, this is actually, are you serious? <laughs> I remember I screamed inside. I mean, for those oh who are listening in, he just God. kind of clenched his fist and did one of those kind of silent dancing on the spot. Sorry, I even forgot I'm on a podcast right now. And I was like, I felt sick in my stomach. I went, it's, it, 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 I, I, I can't even describe the feeling. It was the best feeling in the world. I said, listen, that's it. It's going to be a quick turnaround. We have to do a photo shoot, et cetera, et cetera. I went and I hung up the phone. I had to sit down. I screamed. I said to Brian, I got the job. And I had to keep it, I think, for three weeks. It was the hardest three weeks because you just <laughs> want to scream from the top of the roof saying, oh, my God, I'm on Dancing with the Stars. And, and yeah, and my first time I sat in that chair was January uh, 9th, 2022. And again, I sat there. I will never forget when Jennifer started talking to me. I was blurred. It was really blurred. It's live TV. It was blurred in my head. I was like, this is it. You just be yourself or you're just going to make sure of yourself and it's going to be car crash. So I just went and had fun and... The rest is history. And I was obviously panicking because, you know, uh, when you're sitting in somebody's chairs, is a chair, you're always going to be criticized. You're always waiting for that because people are saying, oh, how is that? Is it going to be? You're going to be, you know, replacing, you know, 
replacing somebody's shoes or yeah. whatever they say. Yeah. And I said, but I don't want to be that person. I'm Arthur Gurulian. I've done what I've done in my career for 23 years. I've worked around the world. This is me. I'm not trying to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And I was very nervous next day what's going to happen. Obviously, press were waiting for you. Either they're going to criticize you, destroy you, tear you apart. But it was so amazing. And I said, I did it. And since then, it's been the, I, I just finished my second season for me, is the best feeling in the world. And also being like the first foreign and non-English speak on primetime TV. Mm -hmm. It was a massive risk for RTE and for Shinovilt, you know, to take the chance on me. Because, you know, English is my second, fourth language. It's not even my second. Fourth language. It's my fourth language. Go on, what are the, what are the other three? So I speak uh, Armenian, yeah. I speak Russian, I speak French, and I speak English, and a little bit of Italian now. So English is not my, you know, so for them to have that risk to give me that job, I mean, hopefully pay them well. And is that one of the lessons from your career so far then, is to take a chance and to, or to, go, to go for it, to take, you know, to take something scary on and just do your best? No, do you know what? I always take chances. I'm a positive yes man. I say yes to everything. Obviously, you have to be realist. Like, I'm not stupid. If I, I'm not going to audition for a, a royal ballet of a British ballet or, you know, I will never do that because I'm not that person. But I've done so many auditions in my life that I thought I will never get it as a dancer. That I got it with, like, it's, it's crazy. It's like crazy. Did this it just happen? Because I'm just going with it. And I never, when my friends used to say, but I was the best dancer in the, in the room, why I didn't get the job? I said, listen, it's okay. Let's just go to Starbucks. Let's have a coffee. There's going to be another audition. Let's just stay positive. Does not matter what's so you happening. Don't, you don't take life too seriously. Exactly, 100%. 100%. I think for where I'm coming from, I've seen the worst. So for me to not get a video shoot, I'm not going to die. I'm still alive. I'm still young. I'm fresh, hungry. I'm going to hustle and bustle until I get what I want. So what's worse can happen? Let's just move on. And I think when I was living in UK, my, my friends who were Europeans, they couldn't understand that. They were always bitter about everything. I was like, my God, stop, calm down. Let's just go and enjoy life. There's always something new. And was dancing always the career path? Was that always what you wanted to do? Dancing was, uh, funny enough, I always wanted to be an actor. Always, but obviously, like, didn't happen because, you know, we didn't have, you know, the sources for me to go to college, things like that. And then dancing, I was an accidental dancer. I always loved dancing. I'm actually a barber. I'm a hairdresser before dancing. <laughs> so I, I remember I got scattered in Belgium. I was like 15 years old by a French um, modeling agency. And I said to my mom, I said, I want to go to uh, Paris. I just got scouted because I was tall for my age. And I remember my mom said, you don't even have a passport. You're a refugee. How the hell are you going to, you know, to France? And I'm like, you got a point there. It's true. And then I did hairdressing because my uncles were hairdressers in Armenia. So as a diploma, she said with my dad, do something and then you do whatever you want in your life. And my mom is my idol. She always pushed me in the right direction. She always led me to do what, what I want to do because she always said, you will learn from your mistakes. And it's true. We all have to do mistakes to learn the best. If you don't do mistakes, how are you going to know you've done right or good, uh, wrong or good? And I remember I didn't did that. And then by accident, I was a hairdresser and I moved to Brussels. And I literally started, I got scouted in a, in a club. 
I was out with my friend one night. I was actually, that was in 2000. I will never forget. No, 1999. I will never forget. I was me and my four hairdresser friends went to Antwerpen, you know, in Belgium. Antwerpen, one of the famous clubs. And I was dancing. And this is a true story. This is how my career, it's, it's laughable, actually. I was dancing and this uh, girl came to me and she was like, can you come with me? And in my head, in my head, like obviously I was straight at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, she's hitting on me. I mean, <laughs> what's worse can happen? Just follow her, you know? I just followed her and then went upstairs. And obviously I know there's a go-go dancers, you know, you see in the clubs, dancers on the podium, you know, with beautiful clothes on or half literally naked because they only have shorts on. And then I walked into this boudoir, which is like, you know, it's like a mirage. It's like a movie. She opened the door and all the dancers are stretching, getting crazy. I went, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then I remember she said to me, listen, one of our dancers couldn't make it. Do you mind if you dance four times, 15 minutes, and then all your friends can have a free drinks all night? As a 19 years old, I don't drink alcohol, but my friends, when I told them, they're like, oh my God. I went down to tell them, I was like, hell yeah. I got this mini shorts and massive wide wings. She gave it to me and she said, can you just go and dance for 14 minutes? And I said, why you give it, why you ask me to do this? She said, it's because you're one of the good movers. I was scouting to see who can move. And we need a boy and you look androgynous. I had this like a goatee, like a white goatee with dark hair, dark, dark, short hair. She said, you know what? Just go and have fun. We'll take care of your friends. So I will never forget. I wore those shorts. I mean, I never danced publicly. I wore those shorts, like PVC shorts, massive wings. I went on a podium <laughs> and I felt like it was all about me, but it wasn't. Suddenly music went down, lighting went down. It was because every every 15 minutes, every hour, the music changed, yep. the drama. And I will never forget. Do you remember the song Stardust? Mm -hmm. da, 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 that was just kicking off. It was a huge song. And then everything went down. And I'm standing there, the lights, and it went, Dun, dun, dun. I remember that little drum thing and then everybody starts screaming and I, I went, oh my God, it's for me. You've arrived. <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. But it wasn't. It was just for everybody. It was all calculated. <laughs> it's, you know, showbiz. But I had the best time and I remember watching my friends. They're like, what the hell are you doing there? You're not even a dancer. You're a hairdresser. So, yeah. Then I remember I finished. It was like 10 in the morning and I said, thank you so much. She paid me and I said, Okay, next week, same time. And she said to me, are you a dancer? And I said, no, but I could be. And that's how I started my career. And how do you go from there to all of the acts that you've worked with? So we've, we've oh, mentioned a few of them, One Direction, Kylie Minogue. How, does, how do you go from that moment to dancing on, on stage with these people? Do you know what? It, it, it was a long journey but a very positive, very exciting journey. Because when I started dancing, obviously at the time, she booked me, you know, she booked me next week for another club. And then uh, people start getting to know me. They're like, oh, there's a new kid on the block, you know. But also in Belgium, I don't know if people know, but there's a two languages. There's a Netherlands and French. So I was the French side. But then if you speak French, they're kind of like, mm, yeah, whatever. You have to speak English or Netherlands. So because again, I was lucky I was a foreigner, I was like free pass. It's okay. Don't worry. You can still speak French. So when I got booked, people were like, oh my God, there's this new guy. You know, have you met this guy, Arthur? Let's book him. And then people keep coming to me saying, can you do choreography? And I remember I said, what is choreography? 
I never heard of choreography. They said, well, we're going to teach you something. You just have to copy. And thank God my brain was working really. I'm very good with photographic thing. Mm -hmm. So once you show me, bam, 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 I got it straight away. So I started doing choreography. And then people approached me to first time TMF. I remember Shaggy was like, remember the song? It wasn't me. Yeah, so yeah. he came in. They're like, oh, we need dancers and girls in the background to dance for TMF award. I'm like, I, everything was coming and kind of naturally yeah. people want me to do things and, and because you're new kids you're hot now and then they will drop you but I didn't care I was like oh my god it's just coming to me without me asking it's really good so and then little by little I realized that I want more and I always want more mm -hmm. doesn't matter what I do in love until this day my husband said my god you're never happy with what you have so you're driven I'm so driven focused I am determined. so focused determined Everything you just said that never nothing ever is enough for me. Like not, like I always have to get more. Not in an arrogant way, but I just it's panic way that I really wanna. Okay, what's my next job? I can't just sit. Oh, I just finished dancing with stars. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna wait. No, I have to create my own path. And I remember when I start dancing, and people saying now, can you choreograph? And I'm like, choreograph? No, I can copy choreography. They're like, no, but we love you to work with this artist. And then I start making up routines. I don't know how. Carl, don't even ask me how. I just like, it was coming to me naturally. I just want to work. And if people said to me, can you do it? I'm like, yes, I can. Yes. Just and say yes. Just say it. But bear in mind. And then figure was, it out. 100%. <laughs> there was no Google. There was no, you can't just Google, say hi. There was no YouTube. You know, it was all fresh. And then I just start in Belgium for, uh, uh, I started and then did everything like because it's small belgium small there's no it's pretty much like ireland once you've done everything you've done it so and i remember uh, one of my friends was moving to you know i moved to paris uh, audition for big thing one minute you're getting it one minute not but the the straw was i wanted more to dance for big artists and this was a trigger i remember i was doing one of the big tv shows it's like top of the box but belgium version and uh one of the 2001 and one of the girls around to me is like oh my god she is back i went who is back like they were all obsessed running around and then i turned around like she's behind you and i turned around it was kylie minogue and she was so small i didn't know who kylie minogue was it was she was there to perform spinning me around spinning around and i went who is kylie minogue i was like kylie minogue oh my god she's back she's performing and at the time i didn't really care i was just dancing for belgium artists i didn't even know who he like i just work and i remember watching the performance oh my god and they were all uk dancers they're so cool you know and i went i i want to dance for kylie minogue whoever she is you know i want to do this obviously it's a huge dream. You can't just click your mm -hmm. finger, dance for Kali Minogue. I mean, it's unheard of. So, and two days later, one of my friends said, I'm moving to Italy. And I said, I was so scared. I always want to be in America. Always. But as an Armenian, you move to France or LA. It's very known. Like if you live in Armenia, it's either France or LA. So I always want to go to LA, but I was scared. I couldn't speak English. I don't have the visa. UK, oh my God, it's United Kingdom. I mean, like, what am I going to do there? And then I moved to... Um, Italy, start working in the clubs, you know, for artists, again, hustling, bustling, but cherry on the cake was at the time, back in 2001, I will never forget, in November, Jerry Halwell, remember the song, It's Raining Man, mm -hmm. came on with lots of dancers. And that's when it's like somebody switched something behind me. November 2021, I said, I want to dance with Jerry Halwell. And I want that, that girl. And she came out with, nah, 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 Kylie Minogue. I went, I want to dance for both. 
And they laughed. Obviously, as you do, you just laugh. You're like, oh my God, yeah, whatever, all the dancers. I was like, okay. I told my friends, listen, I'm sorry I've been here for a couple of months. I'm going to go back to Belgium, sell everything, and I'm going to UK. They all laughed. I moved, I did everything. I moved to UK in 2002, February 3, and the rest was history. I just auditioned, auditioned. Sorry, I'm a talker. I talk a lot. Talking is good and you're fascinating. And again, the beauty of episodes like this is people get to see what's behind the person on the TV, which is perseverance, determination, drive, focus, visualization, all these important life lessons. So my question now is, how do you plan on matching that drive and determination with being a dad? Well, And how is that going to mix? Do you know what? Now I'm driven to do everything for my child. My fingers crossed children in the future, hopefully. But everything I've done, that's why people say, oh my God, once you have a child, your life is over. And for me, my life is starting. This is my 10th life starting. I describe my life in, in lives. Number one, when I was born, two and three and four and five. Now having a child, it's my life 10. It's like chapter 10. So everything I do with Blake, it's for her now. I don't care what's going to happen next for me. I don't care. It's all about Blake now. And I've done it. Carl, I've seen everything. I partied. You've I don't lived. care going out. I lived. I've done more than any average, how do you say, average Joe will do. I've, and I've done more than I ever even thought about it. I remember I've done so many tours in UK that I've traveled all over United Kingdom that people were in Manchester. They were 35 years old. They never traveled to London. And I mean, here I am, a refugee who just arrived here. I've seen everything. I've done everything. There's nothing else I want to do. So Blake, it's my number one priority now. Do everything for her and I will guide her in the right direction. Like, I don't want her to be a dancer because I know how hard it is to be a dancer. But you know what? Like my mom, let me do what I want to do. I, I'm, I miss so many gatherings, weddings, birthdays, deaths, everything. Because my mom said, it's your career. Don't worry. It's your career. Don't worry. So she pushed me. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just so much. Like, do you know what I mean? She pushed me, and and that's what I want to do for Blake. I will be there, whatever she decides to do. So all my energy is going to her now. Yeah, you're a breath of fresh air. I'm gonna give oh, you that. You. You, you, absolutely, and <laughs> you, you have a fascinating tale. You have a fascinating story, and it's no thank surprise you. that you've you've ended up on 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 TV here. And um, you know, you're on your way to becoming a huge star in Ireland. Oh, absolutely. I, see, I never want to be a star. Like I just want to work. I love working. Like, I love doing what I do. Like, to me, being on that with stars, it's the biggest cherry. And there's no bigger dream than that. I've done it. There's no bigger. What's my biggest dream? Like, there's, there's no. My dream was to have a family, and I've done it. So now it's my family. But everything comes with extra bonus now. I want to do TV shows. I want to do more of them. I'm working. I'm choreographing. I'm still creating it. But I love TV. I love TV. I'm a talker. I, lo- I have the energy. I mm-hmm. love TV. So who knows? Because also being in Ireland when we moved here for my husband was a little bit difficult because he said, listen, what are you going to do? Because he's a TV host. He can carry on his career. He can do whatever he's doing. It. But for me, it was like, who am I going to choreograph? Who am I going to... You're starting again. Yeah, I'm starting completely fresh again. It was like, I live so many different countries. So Ireland was like, LA was going great. And then suddenly we have to stop everything. But then with Dancing with the Stars, it's kind of elevate me a little bit so I can have my own niche. And then I can put choreography side, still doing it, but side, so I can create my own path now. So, but then also I always say, I'm like, I'm not regretting. I love my husband. I moved here for him. If I wasn't married, why would I be in Ireland? Ireland is the most amazing, beautiful country to raise kids, raise family. But as non-Irish, 
I would have never ended up here. Do you know what I mean? Realistically, yeah. my families are in France. I would have gone maybe in France or LA. London, I love London, but I've done it for 17 years and I've done the most beautiful way that you can imagine. And everything I've done, it's closed down and it's not the same anymore. So Ireland is my home now and I'm so happy, yeah. And we're very glad that you're here. Thank, that you. You're here. Thank, Thank you so much for coming into us today. That Thank was, you very much. no one will be sure what to expect when they tune oh into the episode God. at the very beginning. But they're gonna get so much from it and they would Thank have gotten so much. so much from it as we have just listening to you and to your story. And we really appreciate it. Thank you Thank so much you, for Paul. coming in. Thank Folks, you. that is it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. A fascinating, fascinating episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know where we are. Real Health at independence.ie at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. We will see you next week for more Real Health. Slán Gafo.